Welcome to ICU, a podcast where we advocate that compassion and connection save lives. They also make life pretty cool. I'm your host, Julie Lee. ICU, let's be friends. Hey there, welcome to ICU. This is episode 15, Tapping Out. My body is a gift. This is a very exciting week for me because I'm actually leaving tomorrow to California to go with all my girls, my sisters, my sister-in-laws, and my mom. We're going to Disneyland on a girls trip together and we're going to the beach and it's gonna be awesome. Uh, I just went to Disneyland as an adult and I never really went as a kid or anything and so it was kind of my first real experience at Disneyland and I get it. I get why people are annual pass holders and people get crazy over Disneyland. It's so fun. I love Space Mountain and I love the Dole Whip floats. Oh, I just, if I could do both of those things at once, I totally would. So I'm excited. My review for this week was left on the website after last week's episode with Gaynell and Condi, which if you didn't get a chance to hear, I know this is my podcast and so I can toot my own horn, but last week's episode with Gaynell and Condi, I feel like was phenomenal, especially if you know someone who has struggled with suicide, suicidal thoughts, or someone who struggled with their body, accepting their body. So I think most people need to hear it, to be honest. The comment is from Amy. It says, I have literally listened to this one three times and my head is still trying to grasp all of the meaning. I want my heart to change towards my body. The image of grandma's hands, old and spotted with her nails perfectly cared for, so beautiful. I have been telling myself over and over again this weekend, my body is a gift. This phrase is helping me to reverence those parts of my body that don't belong in this homogenous culture, but they belong to me. They have meaning to me. My body is a gift. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, Amy. I love that you're using that as a mantra. My body is a gift. I'm gonna start doing that. I think that will help me with the things I'm actually gonna talk about today. Today I'm talking about how I view my own body. I recorded an episode last night and I really wanted to be proud of it. I really wanted to be excited to post it, but I have felt a lot of inner turmoil ever since. So I am redoing it after a lot of thought, even though I had it all edited and ready and this was one that took me a while to edit, but I don't feel peaceful about it. And I think I've come to understand, I think it's because I came out the episode kind of prideful because this issue does get me really mad. I talked about that at the very end of the episode last week with Gaina Lynn that I feel that red angry guy coming out inside me, the one that you meet in Inside Up, how we all have this little guy anger in our brain, right? If you haven't seen Inside Up, go watch it and this will make a lot more sense, but I feel angry about it. It makes me so mad how much these ideas that my body needs to be one certain way and that it's never enough, they make me so angry. It makes me angry that they affect me. But coming at the episode with as much anger as I did, it didn't feel right. It felt like pride. So I'm redoing it with more compassion towards others and towards myself. And that feels more like the true me and the me that I want to be. So first of all, I'm not an expert, obviously. I don't know all the answers to this issue, guys. I just know that it's hurting me. And what I've been doing my whole life isn't working for me. And I see how hard those around me struggle with this. And I think it's gotta stop. I think we need to do something about it. So I'm taking this first step to talk about me and how it affects me because I can't speak for other people. I can't tell you what will work for you. I can make some guesses. There's some things I certainly think I'm right about. 
but I can talk about what's worked for me and what hasn't. And I want to talk about it because I'm worth it. I've spent a lot of my life wondering if I'm enough to God, wondering if I'm special. And I've had enough experiences where God has shown me that he is there and I am special and I'm his baby. God, I worship the God I know when I pray. He wouldn't want me to be feeling the inner turmoil I do over my body and over food and even over exercise sometimes. I also, I'm doing this for my kids because my kids love my body. They love to jump on it. My little girl loves to pat my belly and lift up her shirt and show me her belly because she wants to be just like me. My kids, they walk in the bathroom when I'm in the shower, they throw open the curtain and they talk to me having a normal conversation. They're not standing there analyzing my body, analyzing my scars and my stretch marks. They love my body because it's me and because it houses my soul and they love me for that. They think I can do anything. They think I can fix anything. I refuse to let them be fed lies about my body and about their body. And it's up to me to set that example because I'm the mom. In this house, we love our body because our bodies are gifts. That's my goal. Who struggles with this? Who struggles to love their bodies, to see them as a gift? I honestly don't know any woman who doesn't. I haven't talked to a ton of men, but I know some that struggle as well. We all need compassion and connection over the struggle with our bodies. It always comes back to that, right? <laughs> At least for me, compassion and connection. Because Satan, he doesn't care if you're small. He doesn't care if you're heavy. It's working. What he's doing is working. Anxiety, depression, suicide, eating disorders, binge eating. It's all rampant. Do you see it? Do you look around? Do you see it like I do? So why did I entitle this tapping out? Well, first of all, the idea came from my cute sister who you can hear on episode three and you'll hear how wise she is. We've talked through the years about our bodies and how to have a more healthy relationship with our body as it's changed, as we both had children and, and surgeries. She brought up this idea of tapping out. So if you don't know the phrase tapping out, tapping out is something that a participant will do in something like wrestling or boxing. And what they do is they will tap the mat or maybe the opponent's leg. They tap their hand on the opponent's leg or the mat or something like that. And that's a signal that they have submitted and they're done, they've done all they can do. I think of tapping out in some amazing boxing movies that I love. The ones I think of are Cinderella Man and Warrior. They're so good. The fights are so emotional. These these men, they're they're more it's more than just a, a boxing fight. They're fighting for their lives, for their families. And I find myself trying to fight with that same vigor against myself, against my own body by being mean to it, by being mean how I talk about it. I'm fighting to be something else than I am. I'm, I'm not even exactly sure what it is that I wanna be, but all I know is in this fight, my body's never good enough. No matter what anybody says, a billion people could tell me that I'm, that I'm pretty, that I'm attractive, and it doesn't matter. Because once again, in my world, Satan doesn't care. He will always find a way to try and tell me that I'm not enough. My false expectations for my body, they kind of remind me of a hamster wheel. They sit there and they run and they run and they run and they never get anywhere. If you jump in that hamster wheel, you're kind of participating in the insanity. You never get anywhere. Your body will never be enough. I want to say I really believe in taking care of my body. That's actually been an incredibly healthy tool for me as I have worked through a lot of things with PTSD, with anxiety, with depression. And so I wholeheartedly believe in taking care of my body because it is a gift from God. And I think the best way for me to keep a healthy perspective about that is to have compassion for my body, to learn how to hear it, to connect with it, and to engage in the real living atonement of Jesus Christ. For me, 
that's a place to start, a way to kind of organize all this crazy that, that honestly just courses through my blood since I was little. So having compassion for my body, this means I take care of my body out of gratitude, not out of guilt or shame. It's an intrinsic motivation, the gratitude, instead of an outward expectation. And guess what? It's more likely to stick that way. My healthy habits are more likely to stick when it's an intrinsic motivation of gratitude for my body than out of guilt or shame about what I want my body to look like on the outside. That's how habits work. My body deserves compassion and so does yours. I don't know about you, but mine has been through a lot. My body has scars. I've had two C-sections. I have stretch marks. I've done in vitro. I have lupus in my skin. And I can hate my body for all those things that make it different, but guess what? I hated my body all before that came about. I remember when I wasn't able to have babies, I remember hating my body that it wasn't doing its job. I remember once sitting in the tub and crying as I cleaned my feet, as I cleaned my body. And in my thoughts, I started telling my body that I was sorry for how hard I was on it. I was sorry for being so mean to it, for not giving me babies. So once again, it turns out Satan doesn't care. He doesn't care if you're infertile. He doesn't care if you're thin. He doesn't care if you're able to have lots of kids and your body is stretched out and kind of funky looking because of that. He doesn't care if you're single. Maybe he'll make you wonder if your body is enough. Maybe he even influenced someone else to tell you that your body wasn't enough. He doesn't care. He'll find a way. Nobody is exempt from this possibility of being hard on their bodies. I guess what I'm asking is, can we talk about this? Can we talk about that most of us are a little messed up when it comes to how we view the human body. I don't have all the answers, but I know that I'm messed up and I have compassion for myself because how could I not be? I drive on I-15 and I see the billboards of these different places that can laser and shape my body into a completely different form. I do workout videos where the women have worked out so hard and they're so fit that then they've gone and they've gotten chest jobs to look more sexual and to have their chest falling out of their sports bra. It's not just about exercise. It's so obvious to me when I think about it. We've especially sexualized the female body of what it's supposed to look like, even in situations like exercise videos where it's supposed to be all about bettering yourself. We still carry those expectations in there. I have conversations with women all the time and we talk about exercise and we talk about food and we're obsessive about it. I've been the one that started those conversations. I know that it's okay to be healthy. I think God wants us to be healthy. But like in the podcast with Gaina Lynn in episode 14, she talked about how the pendulum has swung way too far. It's okay that you're messed up about your body too, maybe. But let's not be victims about it and give up. Because I have a two-year-old little girl that I really want to have as much self-confidence as she does now. And if you've ever met my little girl, she's pretty dang confident. I don't want her fighting this her whole life. And you know what? She probably still will sometimes because that's the world we're growing up in. But you better believe I'm going to do whatever I can to negate some of that damage. That crap, it's not coming in my home. I need to have compassion for eating, for food. I eat out of love for my body, not to correct it. I eat healthy foods because it makes me feel good and because I want to take care of this body, this gift that God has given me. I'm not at war with my body. After all, isn't love the best teacher? I'm teaching my body that I love it, that I'm safe, and I'm not gonna constantly be trying to tweak it or to make something different. My body is a safe place for my soul to live. That's what I want, that's my goal. 
So there's been a couple things that have helped me that I've been working on recently to have a more healthy relationship with my body and with food and with exercise. A couple things that have worked for me is I've stopped watching exercise videos, specifically ones that have women dressed in a way that to me seems like they're being made more of a sexual object where their body's being sexualized. Videos that really accentuate the different areas of a woman's body, like her butt, like her chest, things like that. And the thing is, I used to do these videos a lot and I'd have to be so careful when my son was around and when my daughter was around because I didn't want them seeing those things and to just be sitting there and watching that. And then I was like, what am I thinking? I don't need to be watching this. And I realized when I stopped exercising with those videos, I did notice a huge difference. I noticed that I don't think so much about how my body looks. I still take care of it. I still exercise. I still eat well, but I'm not critiquing my body throughout the day as much. So that's been a really positive thing for me. I just got done. A lot of it isn't just what they're wearing, but sometimes it's the messages that are really common in these exercise videos that the instructors focus on. Because guess what? They're victims to this too. They were brought up in this culture too. And I don't think they realize how much it's destroying us. I can't even tell you if I hear one more video telling me that the reason I'm exercising is so I can look great in a bikini, I think I'm gonna completely lose my mind. This is where the red angry guy really comes out. This is crap, you guys. That kind of talk is so much a part of our culture. Like I said, it's in my blood and I don't think we even realize it. So I started running outside more, which has been amazing because it's kind of cleared my mind and I've even had some really cool ideas for the podcast. Another thing that I'm trying to help have more compassion for my body is I stopped weighing myself. I realized that the number on the scale tends to control my mood for the day. I wouldn't weigh myself every day, certainly, although there was a point in my life when I did that and that wasn't healthy for me, absolutely. I would usually weigh myself about once a week, but depending on that number, which we all know, it doesn't say everything, right? But it was something concrete that I could kind of hold on to that I could control. Even before I'd get on that scale, I would tell myself that it doesn't matter what it is. I'm just curious and whether I weigh more, that's not going to bother me. Or if I weigh less, that's not going to make me more happy because I'm neutral to this. And you know what? Every time it did affect me that way, the way I said it wouldn't. I'm a person who wants to make changes and I know that's a weakness for me. So I'm owning that because I can feel a victim to the scale or to myself or I can just choose to not have it in my life. And that's kind of a choice I've made because I want a life of intention and that's a weak spot I have. I see quotes by celebrities about how they are trying to have compassion for their body. And then I see a lot of times next to the quote, it'll be a picture of them and they'll be in something that at least in my opinion is kind of a slinky outfit showing off their body. And I think what they're trying to do is to illustrate that they accept their body exactly how it is by, by showing more of it. But here's where I'm hung up. The very thing that they're trying to fight against, a culture that is trying to tell them how they need to look, I think they're encouraging it by that picture. Because once again, they're making a sexual object an idol of their body. And I don't think our bodies deserve that. I don't think our bodies were meant to be treated as idols, as things to pick apart or to, to fawn over. Our bodies are beautiful vehicles for our souls and we need to take care of them. I have to ask myself, do I look at my body as an idol or a gift? How do I see my body and the bodies around me? Am I having compassion? If I see my body as a gift, that's gonna help me get better. That's gonna help me feel positive. If I look at it as an idol to be analyzed, to be worshiped, if I look at other people's bodies that way, 
that's not healthy. That doesn't make me happy and peaceful in the end. I want to move on to how I'm going to try and connect with my body better. I'm trying to listen to what my body needs. If I'm hungry, I eat. Some foods make me feel good, others don't. And I try to be mindful of that. I'm not 100% perfect about that all the time. I love my treats and that's okay. But in general, I try to be mindful about what my body needs. And I think it's fine to get advice from professionals about that if we need to, to look online. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I think we can definitely recognize as a culture, we are way past the healthy boundary of that. We've become obsessive. I hear it in so many conversations. It's crazy. Can we talk about other stuff? When I have lots of energy or anxiety, I can, I can connect with my body and I can see that that's what's going on. If I go exercise, that is so good for my body. I'm happier. I feel happier. I feel more connected to my body. And like I said earlier, when I run, my mind is more clear. So that's something really positive I can do for my body to connect with it. Same goals for when I decide how to get ready for the day. How do I need to do my hair that day? Do I need to wear makeup that day? Is that something that's going to make me feel good that day? Is it a sweats day or is today a day when I need to take it up a notch because I just need to feel a little bit more like a woman? It's fine. Whatever I choose is fine, but it's for me. It's not for anybody else. It's not out of expectation. It's not a should. I hate the word should so much. I hear that and I cringe. I should be doing this. Who cares? This is about me. When I fill my body with shoulds, when I feel it with worry, expectation, shame, and all those other bad feelings, I'm not connecting with it because I can't hear what it needs. All I hear is this story that I've been telling myself and we've all been telling ourselves for so long. To illustrate this, I'm gonna tell you a story about the scale. You're gonna get to know me real quick here. (laughs) I had given up the scale for a few days, right? After the Gainolin Condi episode 14. And then I got the stomach flu for like four days. Well, four days later, I realized inside, I was like, I'm kind of curious because I bet I weigh less now because I haven't been eating because I've been so sick. And maybe I've lost weight. I want to know what number that is. Is that messed up, you guys? (laughs) It's messed up. That is exactly what I'm talking about. The scale for me can turn eating into this thing of like, how much can I get away with? Even if I've been eating a lot of things that have been making me sick, I haven't been eating healthy. If I weigh myself and my weight hasn't changed, then I'm like, oh, sweet. And I usually don't change my eating behavior. So instead of treating food as fuel for this incredible body of mine, that's a gift that can do incredible things. I abuse it by seeing how much crap I can put into my body without the weight changing. The weight is what determines how I choose to treat my body instead of connecting with my body with what it actually needs. I don't have all the answers, obviously, right? I messed up, but I'm talking about it. And that's a really big step. I'm talking about it in public. Now, I want to talk about for a minute, the atonement of Jesus Christ. I went to a church and there was a bishop there. A bishop is just a leader of the congregation. And he gave a presentation on the atonement specifically on how addiction relates with the atonement. And the points sank into me. They sank into my soul. And I want to relate it to this discussion of seeing our bodies as gifts and sometimes how we fight with false expectations for our bodies. First of all, he talked about a pornography addiction specifically and how he loved the idea of having someone get so angry about their addiction that they took a sledgehammer to their computer and chopped it in half because they didn't like what that computer was doing to them. They didn't like the control that it was having over their lives and the way that this addiction was hurting them and their family. He said he liked that. 
He liked when people got angry and when they chose to do something about it. I like to think that's kind of what I've done with my scale, right? I'm getting mad with, with how much it's controlling my emotions. And so I got mad. And so I said, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not participating in this, in this hamster wheel of insanity. He then showed a nine minute clip of Rocky three. I think it was, it's the one where he's fighting Apollo and it's a pretty brutal fight. What's amazing to watch though, is the coach's faces on the side of the ring. The coaches keep trying to get in the boxing ring with their fighters. They're trying to get in the business of the action with them. And the refs have to keep grabbing the coaches and pulling them back. And the bishop was talking about how much he related to that, how much he wanted to jump in the ring with these people who were suffering from these addictions that were fighting for their lives and for their families. He wanted to get in there and help them. But once again, there's only one person that can really do that without getting hurt, without getting hit. And that's Jesus Christ. Our bodies, our food, our exercise routines. A lot of times there's underlying problems underneath them and that's why we have those issues. And maybe those are the fights we're really fighting. We don't have to blame food for it. We don't have to blame our body. They didn't do anything wrong. But I know that Jesus Christ can help us fight those things and that will then help us to have a better relationship with our body, with food, with exercise. Am I there yet? No, absolutely not. I have a long way to go and it may be a lifelong process, but I'm doing something. Are you so deep in that you feel like you can't change how you see your body? I feel that way sometimes too. But then I learned about neural highways. When I first started going to therapy, I had a therapist that talked to me about how the brain works. Did you know you can actually change the way you think? You can retrain your brain? So I'll give you a quick example of a neural highway I'm trying to change in my own brain. Sometimes when I'm preparing to exercise, I have the thought, I don't want to exercise and I'm a failure if I don't. I'll have that thought come in my brain, which is fine, right? It's like a cloud passing by. I see it. It's not a big deal. And instead, I'm trying to say things to myself like, I choose to exercise out of gratitude for my body. I'm grateful for this body. I want to exercise because I'm grateful for it. And all of a sudden, I have a more positive emotion stir up in me just by saying those words in my brain. Now, it doesn't mean that automatically now, every time I exercise, those are the thoughts I have. But I know that the more I do it, carving out a new road, the car, this thought or whatever, it's going to start choosing that new road instead of going on the same neural highway. It's gone over and over again for years. I've had to do this a lot in my therapy for PTSD because I have a lot of triggers. I would hear certain words or see certain things and it would remind me of something and my brain would flip out and the neural highway was right there and ready to go to a destructive thought. But in the beginning, when I was trying to retrain that, when I was trying to create new highways, I thought that it would never get better. It would always be so hard that I'd have to work on my thoughts so hard. And my therapist told me that it gets easier. And she's right. It does. The more you do it, the more you practice it, your brain starts getting retrained to think new things. It's incredible. It gets easier. So that's what's cool is you have the atonement of Jesus Christ, the spiritual, and you also have the science to back this up that you can change the way you think about your body and food. And I can change it too. So I want to take off the boxing gloves. That's what I'm saying, because it's not food on the opposite side of the ring. It's not my body and it isn't exercise. It's a force for evil that wants to tear me down and he doesn't have a body. And so he's just convincing me to try and hate mine. So I want to get out of the match. I want to tap out. Now with this feeling that I want for my body, this healthy perspective I'm trying to gain with my body, 
Of course, I always want to see other people through it too, with connection and compassion. I want to be those coaches for other people. I want to get in there. (laughs) When I see someone pulling on the gloves, I want to grab them and I want to pull them out. If I really want to connect with others, I have to stop talking and thinking badly about my body. Because the truth is, if I think negatively and focus on my body, then I'm automatically going to do that to other people in some way. We can't just think one way about ourselves and not have it affect how we see others. That's not how it works. So if I love my body as it is, I am then more accepting of other people's bodies as they are, and I'm going to be able to love people more easily. When I can't stop looking at myself because of my insecurities, it's like I'm holding a hand mirror and I'm sitting there and I'm studying all my insecurities. Oh, I have that weird mole on my neck. I have a crazy high forehead. Thanks, Dad, for that. I can't see anybody but myself because I'm holding onto this mirror and I'm looking at my face. And there might be someone behind that mirror. If I were to just put that hand mirror down, there might be someone that needs me. For me, it might be a little two-year-old girl that needs to know that I love my body and to give her permission that she can love her body too. I've had two sisters with breast cancer these last couple years that had mastectomies. They need to have someone around. They need to have people around that love their bodies to give them permission to love their bodies as well. When somebody needs you, are you able to see them, really see them? Or do you have a mirror in the way? I love spending a couple minutes in front of the mirror every day. I love doing something funky and new with my hair if I have time or putting on some makeup that makes me feel put together and ready. It's a really great ritual for me to feel fresh and ready for the day. But then I need to be done with it because I want to show up authentically to be able to see other people. And I can't do that if I have a mirror in front of my face all the time and if I'm picking apart myself. I can show other people more empathy because I'm lending it to myself. I'm actually practicing what I preach inside where nobody else can see. Maybe we say the right things on the outside that, yeah, we accept our bodies, but do we really believe it? Until then, (laughs) until I'm there at that perfect day when I'm perfect, I'm going to practice because I'm grateful for this body. And so I'm going to practice the right way. My husband always says something his coach used to tell him, which is practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. I know I'm not gonna be perfect every time in how I handle my negative thoughts about my body, about food or about exercise, but I know that I can do better than I've I've been doing and I'm working on that. I know I can. And I'm going to practice more perfectly because I'm gonna create perfect moments to practice in. When I was really depressed, one of the first tools I learned was to notice perfect moments, to notice when a favorite song came on in the car, to notice a familiar smell. And in my head, I would say, this is a perfect moment. The cool thing with that is the more and more I notice perfect moments, the smaller and smaller the gap between the moments was. So next time when my kids are eating cookies and I start asking myself, oh, should I eat it? I'm gonna tell myself that my worth doesn't depend on whether or not I eat the cookie. Eat it if I want to, don't if I don't. But instead of worrying about it, I'm gonna look around and I'm gonna look at my two-year-old little girl sitting next to me, shoving that cookie in her mouth, fist and all. I'm gonna kiss her cheeks because that is a perfect moment. That is a moment to practice and that is worth my time. I don't wanna miss it. Thank you for joining me today. Next time we are going to be talking about a tragic fall and how it completely changed one family's life. This story's insane, you guys. I love you. I'm your host, Julie Lee, and I see you. Do you know a group of people that needs to hear the message that compassion and connection save lives, that it saved my life? If you do, will you please contact me at www.icupodcast.com. Seeing each other with compassion and connection not only saves lives, but it can completely transform a work environment, 
a school environment, and a religious environment, I am willing to talk to anybody that will listen because I'm right about this.